Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode two of the Potter. Um, by the way, I came up with the name finally. As I was editing the podcast, I had this idea of calling it Modern Creative. And uh, I shared the idea to to Kristen and to Rafi, and they were like, yo, this is actually pretty good. Um, and the reason for Modern Creative was uh, I feel like in 2023, the term creative has evolved. And so traditionally, creatives would be like traditional filmmakers from like Hollywood or photographers from like back in the day that would do like black and white um, portraits and whatnot. And now since cameras, camera gear has been super accessible, um, it's as cheap as it gets now. You could get yourself a decent camera for about $500 uh, with a decent lens on top of that. And you can now be called a creative or a content creator, which that's going to be another topic one day. But yeah, we're back. I'm going to call it the modern creative. Let me know if you guys like it or not. Um, by the way, um, I was figuring everything out as I was editing this. So by the time you hear this, I mean, obviously episode one should be dropped already. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to say something pretty interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, at the, time you're, at the time you're hearing this, I still need to create a thumbnail and cover art. I don't have a specific cover art for the actual podcast. So after that, I'm going to take some cell timer photos and just figure that out. Um, it's been a process trying to do all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, and if you're, for those that don't know, if you're listening, this is also a visual experience. Um, it's also on YouTube. Check the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, Alberto Mendoza. Um, and you can see the visuals for the podcast if you want to see. Um, the cool thing about the visuals is that I do add B-roll on top of this A-roll podcast part. Um, so in the last episode, when I'm talking about all the GoPro footage that I was filming back in the day, I show, I show you the actual footage of what I used to film back in the day so you can have a an idea of what the hell I was shooting back then. Um, so it was pretty interesting. It was really cool adding those, adding that footage to the actual podcast episode because I was getting nostalgia, man. Just seeing all this cool stuff that we used to do when we were traveling uh, without a care in the world and just shooting with a little freaking point and shoot um, GoPro. So yeah, that's that. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying the podcast right now. We're doing another solo pod, a little water break. good stuff good stuff okay uh today we're going to discuss gear i'm um, going straight at it and uh is gear worth it does gear even matter um i'm giving you guys the shitty answer of yes and no um no when you're first starting off so whatever there's this saying is uh whatever camera you have in your pocket is the best camera which as corny as that sounds, it's kind of true. Um, I shoot a lot with my iPhone. Um, I think this is the, uh, I don't even know what the latest generation is. Is it 12 or 13? I think this is a 13. It's a 13 Pro. Um, this freaking phone is pretty cool, man. Um, shoots a lot of amazing stuff with this camera. I shoot a lot in, um, I do a lot of stories on Instagram and I use the cinematic mode a lot. And I also use a telephoto lens. Um, yeah, the third camera, which is a telephoto lens. Um, quite often and uh, do a little bit of grade in the photo app and I always get people responding to me like dude how did you shoot that what kind of camera are you shooting this with 
I swear to God, every day I probably wake up to like one or two DMs asking me how I shoot my stories. Um, so for those that are interested in seeing my stories, go to a underscore Mendoza underscore on Instagram and you can check them out for yourself. Uh, and all I really say is like, I just shoot this with my iPhone and uh, do a little bit of color grade, add a little bit of contra contrast, lower down the highlights, add a little bit of vibrance, maybe a little bit of vignette and let it rip like that. And uh, the cool thing about these ones, so this is iPhone 13, I believe. Um, I don't think the 14's out yet. And the cool thing about these is that you could do a preset where I have, every time I put the camera up, my, my uh, meter for ex my exposure meter is at negative 0.7, negative 0.3, depending on the scenario or the situation that I'm in. So it's already slightly underexposed. I feel like with the iPhone stuff, people overexpose or don't even know how to do the exposure thing with your finger. And uh, that's really good. That's like clutch. I think that's like the key to having a decent picture or video um, is the exposure. Um, just got to play with the exposure. It's pretty easy and it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I mean the iPhone, you could shoot a lot with the iPhone. Um, I actually shot a testimonial for a buddy of mine. He asked me to do a testimonial on his behalf. Uh, and so I shot it with the, well, I asked him, do you want this shot in a mirrorless camera or do you want a shot on an iPhone? Do you want a standard? Do you want a vertical? And he says, He's like, I don't want to inconvenience you. Just shoot it with your iPhone, shoot it vertically, and that's it. I'm like, cool. So yesterday, um, again, if you're on YouTube, you're going to see the actual video itself. So I recommend subscribing to the YouTube channel as well, and then check it out if you want um, for those uh, listeners out there. Um, I shot it with my iPhone, and I used cinematic mode. And since I shot it by myself, I couldn't use the actual three cameras, like the, um, I guess the... Uh, the normal cameras that Apple sells you on. Uh, so I had to shoot it and I had to shoot the reverse camera, the face camera. So I had to do it this way, shoot it like this. I put it on a tripod and I even used the um, Rode Wireless Go and connected it. That's the only techie part that I used because I wanted decent audio for him and actually use this setup as well. And so the cinematic mode, even with the face camera works wonders like i was actually impressed of how good it looked again you just i got to play with your exposure um the only light that i used was like a, a little um mc light that i have behind me um i didn't use this big old light with the grid and the honeycomb and whatnot but the freaking image picture looks so damn good i'm like dude if clients knew to use this feature on their own like personal videos like they would be they would be so good and so straight and set where they don't have to invest a ton of money on videography, which I don't know why the hell I'm saying this right now because they're taking away my job. But hey, I'm here to help out, man. Um, but luckily for them, they don't, they're just not technology savvy. They don't know how to use the phones and stuff like that correctly or maximize it to its potential that it's supposed to be used in. Um, but yeah, like I've seen, because you see a lot of people that either cannot afford videography services or they can't. Um, or they don't want to invest in videography services, they don't seem to need to do it. So because they use their phone, but they use it so bad, they don't use it the right way. Um, a couple of people that I work with, they use their phones and I could tell it. And it's like, geez, like if only you knew how to just play with it on your phone, like the phone does a really good job, man. Um, will it get you $100,000 in a year? Well, nowadays you probably can. You could probably get away with it because I do see a lot on Instagram reels where people are shooting um, real estate videos vertically with just their phones. And I see the ads um, pop up in my feed. And um, 
But yeah, I mean, will you get a $20,000 gig with your, just your iPhone? Highly doubtful, but is a good stepping stone to get into the videography space. And that's what I want to talk about is when I first started, I know I touched this a little bit in the episode one, but this was the actual first camera that um, I was referring to, the GoPro Hero White. Um, and it actually still works, man. Like, let's see if it still works. I just saw the light turn on. Yeah. The thing still works. It's uh, pretty good, man. I think it shoots like 720p. Actually, no, 1080-30. Cool. This came out in 2007. So this is the camera that my brother and I, quote unquote, split, even though he got it um, without telling me. But this is the camera that started it off for me, man. Um, that's the one that we started shooting like snowboarding trips, uh, skateboarding, surfing, all that good stuff. And eventually I got my own, the Hero 3 Plus Silver, which had better video specs. I think it had like um, 1080, 60 frames per second, which is slow motion. Um, I no longer have that camera. I lost it during snorkeling somehow. Um, and then eventually I upgraded to the GoPro Hero 5. Uh, this camera went to Thailand. This camera went to Bali. Um, this camera actually doesn't even work because I took it scuba diving during our lessons. Um, I I knew that you need to take a, a housing for it, but I was like, uh, maybe it's one of those things that they just tell you to pay extra for it. So I took it past 10 meters and uh, it freaking broke. So, hey, they weren't lying about that. And that's my fault. So this one is where most of my travel videos came from from that specific camera um good times that one shots 4k i believe i had to shoot 4k i think like 4k 30 or 4k yeah it had to be 4k 30 because back then no way 4k 60 was around and now i currently have the gopro hero 9 uh, this camera i barely even use um it still works of course it's a great camera but i just don't use it as much the only time i actually do use it is when it's pretty much snowboarding or I know I'm going to get in the water. And even when I do get in the water, I never use it for any of my videos anyways. It's more for like personal archives and just for fun kind of thing. Um, I don't really take that camera serious as believe it or not, because now the iPhone does such a great job with image quality. Um, you could shoot raw now with this. You could even, uh, the stability on this camera is freaking good. I was actually trying out the active mode, uh, which I never really use, but it still works very good. And the selling points about GoPro is like the stabilization and all that good stuff. The only thing that GoPro has on iPhone footage for videos, at least, is that one shoots on a flatter profile. So it gives you more flexibility and post to color grade it to your liking and match it to your other cameras if you'd want it to. Where this, from what I understand, does not do that. Uh, I'm not sure if it shoots in Apple ProRes. I think it does on the GoPro, no, in the iPhone... 13 Pro Max. I think this is a Max version for this. I just got the Pro version. Um, but yeah, eventually when I had this camera, the Hero 5, um, yes, I was super into it at, at first when I first started, of course, and I would film everything with it. But then I, my mom had purchased a Nikon D3300 from Costco, which is like the starter camera that you could see, that you see everywhere. Um, it shoots like basic 1080, 60. It shoots uh, raw photos, of course. And at the time I wasn't shooting raw, I was shooting JPEG, I remember clearly, um, because I would like to edit it, transfer it from camera to phone, 
edit it on my phone, post it on Instagram, boom. I used to I used to use Snapseed as my editor back in the day. And uh, I thought that app was so clutch back in the day. Um, but I got my D thirty three hundred. It was not mine. It was my. It was the family camera, and it still it still is a family camera. I still use it during like family functions. My mom likes to throw a lot of parties, so I'm always taking her camera and taking photos of um, just candid photos. So it's good to have those um, those memories. <sighs> High quality H two O baby, um, and so. I did my first, let's call it travel video with that. I shot just like all around Oceanside, I remember, and um, posted online, did really good. Um, and at that time I had my Mavic, or no, not my Mavic, my DJI Phantom 3 Pro, which is like the first drone that I I, I purchased. Um, that one cost me about eight to $900, I remember. That was my first ever drone. That drone was amazing at the time because the Hero 4 was like the staple, was like the flagship drone a prosumer drone i'm not sure i'm not even sure if the inspire was out by then or not but anyways i had that drone is a huge bulky white drone um you'll see the footage here on the youtube channel um but that uh drone was super fun and then eventually i bought my first mirrorless camera my sony a6300 which is this camera and um I still I still use it. It's still a very good camera. It still works. Um, I just I take it back. I never use it anymore. It's just been sitting in my dresser for a long time, and I refuse to sell it because it's sentimental to me. That's been around literally all Central and South America, and so and it shoots decent pictures anyway. So um, that shoots 4K 30, um, 4K 24, 4K 30. It shoots has D log. Um, it shoots for all photos, of course, um, but the video aspect is what is amazing and it sold me. And the size of it, look how small this thing is, man. Like this thing is tiny and a very powerful little beast. Um, I was doing my research and figuring out what was the best camera for me at the time. And I knew I was super into traveling. I knew I wanted to go to places and I knew I didn't want to be super loud. And what I mean by super loud is I didn't want to be obvious, like, hey, guys, I have a big ass camera. I'm going to take videos or photos. I didn't want to be too obvious and just put a target on my back because um, anything could happen when you're traveling, especially when you have decent camera equipment. And so I knew I wanted something very small and compact. And that's what sold me to the A6300, along with the video features, because at that time uh, when it came out, uh, Canon and Nikon were so far behind, and I still think they're a little behind as far as the technology goes. Um, but Sony was killing it in just the video features. Photos, they didn't really prioritize too much on photos, but the video aspect, they were freaking on top of it. Um, again, it's a 4K camera that I got right there. And uh, this was probably like 2010 or 11. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. So having a 4K camera back then was like insane. And now that's like the standard having 4K 24 to 30 frames per second. It's just pretty basic at this point. So that camera, I travel all around it, all around the world with that camera. And uh, when I came back again, I was working for that real estate company. And I was still using my camera because they did have their own full frame camera, which was the Sony A7 Mark II. And uh, it only had 1080 though. And uh, I just didn't like, I, I was like 4K snob and still am actually. Um, I didn't want to shoot 1080p, are you kidding me? And so I still I still use my camera for the most part, my gimbal for the most part. 
Um, I'm gonna go in, or I'm gonna go in like different uh, different pieces of equipment, so I don't go everywhere. So right now we're just talking counter bodies, and then eventually uh, working with the real estate company, I was able to save enough money to get myself my own personal full frame camera, which at the time was the Sony um, A7 Mark III. So it was a big brother to the one that the company had. And it's this camera right here. This camera is a freaking beast. Still is a beast. Um, shoots 4K 30, um, 1080 60, 1080 120. So you could get that buttery slow motion. Um, of course, shoots in S-Log and shoots in all these crazy picture profiles that you may want to use. Um, okay, so side note. One thing I noticed about the last podcast, because I listened to it a million times when I was editing it and just making sure the quality was up to par, I say, um, way too many times. So that's something I'm taking note of. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to work on that. So apologies for the ums. <sighs> okay. So A73, that one really took off for me. So I was already doing weddings with the a6300 uh did a few weddings and and whatnot but i always knew it was very important to have another camera let's call it a b camera an a and b camera and so once i got that camera the a7 III, i always knew that i was going to use the a6300 as a solid b camera because it shoots 4k and it's always good to have an extra body camera in case your a camera were to fail that's just something i always follow i've heard that from many people so i'm taking their word for it knocking on wood i haven't had any failures on my cameras at all so i haven't been forced to use my b camera before i've also i've actually used my b camera at a wedding recently um i was an associate shooter and the, the couple that hired me his camera was failing and so he couldn't figure out how to use the camera and i didn't know how to figure it out either and so I said, hey, I have my other camera. Let's use that instead since I know how to use it. And it's like, pro I know the hotkeys and whatnot. And that freaking saved our butts for that specific wedding. And I'm glad that I brought my own second body. Um, that's something they should have brought. They should have brought their second camera just in case something were to happen. And their drone actually failed as well. So thank God I had my own drone and I was able to um, capture what they needed to capture. So yeah, it's always good to have backups, backups, backups. Um, so yeah, so when I do interviews, you'll see here the examples. Um, I do a lot of, fuck, there's another, um, jeez. I would use the a7 III as the A camera and the a6300 as a B camera. And when I was even doing the podcast, uh, Peter had his own a7 III. I would use my other a7 III and then I would use the a6300 as the C camera. So we have the wide, the wide shot and the two, and the two tight shots focusing on each individual speaker. Uh, one was it the um right there, and I just said it right now. Anyways, so yeah, that's the A7 III. Uh, this right now, like I said in the like I said in the past, this is probably the best entry level. Um, if you're serious about making um a career out of photo either photography or video, and you're on a budget and you want to get 4K and a really nice image. A73 is the way to go. I've recommended that to a ton of my friends that DM me about what camera should I get. And I know I want to get Sony. Um, I'm like, A73, man, if you have the money for it, get the A73. If you have a little bit more money, then maybe the A74. Or if you're super duper serious about this, the video, at least, maybe get an A7S. But it's going to break the bank. Um, so I still believe that camera came out in 
I want to say 2017 or 2018. I think I got it like a year later. It dropped. And uh, that camera is just amazing. Um, and eventually, I always knew, I felt like I, ha I had outgrown this camera. And I knew I wanted two full-frame cameras since the A6300 is a crop sensor camera. Um, we could talk about full sensor and crop sensor, micro four-third sensors uh, in another episode if you guys want. And so I knew I wanted two full-frame cameras, and I knew I wanted 4K slow motion, whether it's 4K 60 frames per second or 4K 120 frames per second, and uh, 4.2210-bit, the issue 8-bit, so you could only do so much with the color um, with the color manipulation before you break the image. Uh, and so the A7S III was announced. Um, this camera was been like anticipated for years because the A7S Mark II um, was still damn, another, um, was like the best camera at the time. And then finally the A7S three came out in, I want to say 2020, if not 2019. Yeah. 20, I think it was 2019 because I got it at 2020. I want to say, no, I got it freaking, I don't even know when I got it anyways. Um, damn another, um, sorry guys. I finally got the A7S three. This camera is a beast. I'm shooting that right now, so I can't really show you guys. Uh, da, 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 da. I got this camera for the body itself, cost $3,500. That thing is expensive. So I remember it was a toss-up between the A7 Mark IV or the A7S Mark III. And if you guys don't know why four and S is, and there's the R series as well, uh, look it up on YouTube. Pretty much, I'll just make it. Let's make it quick and easy. The R series is for photography. The S series for sensitivity, aka the sensor. So it's meant for the video. And then the the, the line that doesn't have an R or S is just a seven three two four whatever. That's like the hybrid of both. They get the both uh, best of both features of each line. So I wanted to get the A seven four just because it was a thousand dollars cheaper. And uh, the only thing that didn't. The only thing that I didn't like about the a7 IV is if I wanted to shoot 4K 60, which means slow motion, I would have to, the camera sensor would go from full frame to crop sensor, which I did not want. I want a full frame freaking um, 4K slow motion if I want to use slow motion. And so Sony did a really good job in not putting that feature into the a7 IV because they already knew if they had full frame slow motion, then uh, most people would just buy the A7 IV and not buy the A7S, which costs another thousand. So great biz business strategy on their end. Um, damn, another, um, I got the A7S instead and I'm very happy that I got it. Like every day when I do use the camera, I'm so excited to use this freaking machine because this thing is a freaking beast, man, I'm telling you. Such a good camera. It's an amazing camera. I don't see myself upgrading to a, a camera in the next five possibly even 10 years unless they have something crazy that drops within the next few years but i still don't see myself getting another camera uh rafi has the sony a1 camera and that shoots 8k 24 frames or 30 frames per second i don't even see myself using 8k ever in life not even if i were to shoot a feature film like it just seems too ridiculous but he got it for other reasons because he does a lot of sports photography, which you need that fast burst and which that camera has and this camera doesn't. So yeah, man, uh, camera does eventually matter uh, to the point where if you feel like you outgrown your piece of equipment, then 
yeah, you should upgrade it. And especially if you have the money, because you do not want to go in debt getting a stupid ass camera that may or may not make you money. Um, I was making money. I'm, I'm still am making money with all these products that I've, um, all these cameras that I've purchased in the past. So to me, it was worth it. To me, I saw it as, as an investment. This A7S, yeah, sure, it cost me thirty five hundred dollars. But the next gig that I lot that the next gig that I landed was able to pay for that camera and lenses as well. So to me, it was worth it. Um, so you just got to figure out your situation as far as are you getting consistent work with your freelancing or even just your nine to five job. Uh, are your bills paid on time? Like, are you being a responsible spender? I am a frugal individual. I do not believe in spending on shit that I don't need. Uh, my friends like to clown me, but <laughs> there's a reason that they're in the situation that they're in. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't like to spend on things I don't need. I don't like to be in debt. I've never actually been in debt, thank God, because I'm just, my mom taught me the value of the dollar. And so, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about drones. So I mentioned earlier today, hold on, I need some water. Nice. I mentioned earlier that I, my first ever drone was the Phantom 3 Pro. At the time, the best prosumer camera or drone was the DJI Phantom 4 Pro. And that camera, I believe, cost, or that drone cost like probably like $2,000 to $2,500. I got my, um, Phantom 3 Pro for about eight, nine, I think it was like a little less than a thousand dollars. And I got a brand new, that camera, that drone was very cool. It's that big bulky white one that you, you no longer see anymore because now foldable drones are a thing. Uh, da, 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 but it shot 4k 30. Um, it shot like, yeah, it didn't shoot slow motion. It was just, it just shot raw photos and like up to 4K 30 frames per second. And the flight time was like back then, it was like probably like 15, maybe 20 on a good day if there's no wind. Um, but I remember hating taking that drone out and putting it up in the air because it was so big, it's so bulky, and it's, it takes time to actually set it up where the new drones, it, you could I could pop it up within 30 seconds. With that one, you would have to like take it out of your backpack, put on the propellers and turn on the camera and then turn on the remote and then make sure the app works and whatnot. And so that will probably take you like three to four minutes. And then you have that big piece, that big drone out there. People are going to be intrigued naturally, which I don't blame them because they're like, at the time drones were not a thing. It's like, oh my God, is that a drone? And they say, they want to make conversation and like you're nervous because like, you don't know if you're breaking the law. And so you don't know if you're allowed to fly in this specific airspace and Southern California is getting harder and harder to fly drones nowadays and uh but yeah man like i would take it up in the air i would get amazing images i would get amazing video and uh then the mavic the first generation dji mavic came out the mavic pro and that was revolutionary that drone freaking was the first technically the second foldable drone because the gopro version had came out prior to the dji version um but the karma freaking sucked um <laughs> that freaking drone sucked honestly and uh, I'm glad I, went, I stick to the DJI route. And that drone was revolutionary and it still is, man. I still have the drone with me, but yeah, I think I got that drone in 2017 or 2018. I took it around the world with that freaking drone and it shot good 4K, it shot D-Log, um, it shot beautiful photos. And uh, it, it really, that $1,000 drone was worth every single penny. Um, I got way more out of that drone than I did for paying for it. So it was a fairly even trade in my end. So I eventually 
uh, all these drones kept popping up within every six months. Um, the Spark, the Minis, the uh, the freaking I think the Mavic the Mavic Two Zoom had came out, and uh, I still have my Mavic One, and I didn't want to upgrade to those freaking drones because a i already have a drone so why the heck do i need another one b those drones are cool and all it does shoot it does have better frame rates but the one thing that i love about my drone is that it at the time it was the only drone that shot vertically so the camera would literally switch from horizontal to vertical and i could shoot and film vertical content and as we know now vertical content is king right now believe it if you want whether you want to admit it or not like it is on social media maybe not in the youtube space but even youtube they have youtube shorts which is a vertical format so vertical is definitely making a strong push within the last four to five years so uh i was able to keep that ver i was i love that drum because like i was able to introduce vertical packages for my clients especially real estate agents and whatnot they want vertical content for their social media is like instagram and um and TikTok nowadays. So yes, can you shoot vertical with a regular horizontal frame and then crop it in post? Yes, you can, but you do lose resolution. So nah, I wanna do it right in camera. And so eventually uh, during a music video, I freaking crashed my drone. Um, it hit a, a building, it, it, I didn't hurt anybody. It, so don't worry about that. Um, Cause my freaking drone doesn't have sensors all over. It only has front sensors and that's it. And so, I hit a building, I crashed it. And I remember when I, when I, it felt like two stories. I remember when I grabbed the drone, I was like, damn, that sucks because I've had this drone for such a long time for so many years, but I'm happy I got to finally upgrade because I was looking for any excuse to upgrade my drone. I, I got, like I said, I'm, not, I'm a frugal individual. I'm not spending on shit that I don't need. I already have a drone. So why am I going to get the best drone out there? So at the time the Mavic 3 was just announced and I think it was out for like the last two, three months or whatever. And so I was able to purchase that drone without hesitation because I knew I wanted that drone. And I'm so happy that I have that drone because I lost a little interest with flying drones because I knew this camera was a little outdated and I, was, I wasn't able to get the certain colors and punch that I see on socials because I knew I wanted that certain specific look that I couldn't accomplish with the old drone. And with this drone, geez, man, like I still, I get comments on my, on my social media posts about like, dude, the colors, the colors, the colors, like, dude, the col the original colors did not look like what I put out there. Like, it just looks so different. It's so flat. And with the, I think it shoots 10 bit. Um, I think it does shoot 10 bit unless it's just like the Cine version. I got the regular Mavic 3 version, not the, the Mavic 3 Cine. Uh, but I can really push and manipulate the colors and it looks so damn beautiful. Like, yeah, like I could sell so much stock footage, which is something we need to discuss in the future. Uh, running at 30 minutes, man. Jeez. So yeah, as far as drone goes, I'm rocking the Mavic 3. Um, and it also has that telephoto lens, which is pretty good. It's not the best camera ever, but in a perfect daylight, daylit shoot, um, daylit day, <laughs> Uh, you could really get a pretty cool image with that telephoto lens. Anyways, yeah, I don't see myself upgrading from that drone anytime soon. They just came up with the Mavic 3 Classic, which is pretty much the Mavic 3, which what I have, which I have, but without the telephoto lens because that's two cameras. So yeah, I don't see them upgrading or making a better drone. Honestly, the only thing that I could think of them doing in the future is just playing with the the focal length or like playing with like changing cameras or whatnot um, to make a tighter shot, kind of like the Inspires. But anyways, yeah, 
Uh, that's the drone. Gimbals. Let's talk about gimbals real quick. I've only had two in my life. So the first ever gimbal that I got back in 2016 or 15 was the Zion Crane V2. At the time, it probably cost like around four to $500. And uh, I didn't see anyone using gimbals that much. So I was like, again, I don't want to sound like a hipster, like, oh, I was the first to get a drone in a, in a gimbal. No, I don't want to sound like that. But the gimbal thing really did push me to like, to get these clients because nobody was using gimbals, nobody was using drones. So all that investment in my gear helped me like propel to like the next level pretty quickly. And uh, I was able to get paid pretty nice. So yeah, after that, I had the a7 III, which is a heavier camera. So I needed a stronger gimbal because the previous gimbal was a very weak gimbal. It's meant, it's meant for small cameras like this one and uh, not something like this. And so I eventually got the DJI Ronin SC, which is the first generation. And uh, I still own that. I still own that gimbal. Um, I still use it for weddings. Um, I still use it for pretty much any movement shots that I need. It still works. It's not the best gimbal ever. I, I can't add a bunch of weight to it, but like for all my camera gear and my lenses, like I could put my a7S III with a 28 to 75, which is a zoom lens. And it's still pretty balanced and I could get a pretty good shot with it. So I don't need a super duper heavy um, payload freaking drone or drone. I keep saying drone uh, gimbal. And uh, it's been working pretty good for me. Um, my buddy Rafi said like, dude, you should upgrade. You should upgrade because you're sucks. You're sucks, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's not the greatest freaking gimbal ever, but it gets the job done for me. And it's something I tell him too. So again, going back to my frugal days or my frugalness is why would I upgrade to another gimbal, especially if the more I shoot things, the less and less I'm using gimbals. I'm using mostly tripods nowadays. I'm using just, uh, yeah, literally two, two tripods, two cameras, sometimes three cameras, and that's all I usually need. I don't really use a gimbal anymore. So my my type of content that I'm shooting for clients is isn't doesn't require me to have the best gimbal ever. I'm not shooting cars. I'm not shooting a ton of sports stuff. When I do shoot sports stuff, yeah, then I could freaking rent another gimbal. But mostly, if anything, I'm gonna go handheld anyways to get that that sports jittery look. No, I don't want a smooth look. The only time I really use gimbals is literally weddings, because uh, you want a smooth shot. As, as far as my style of wedding filmmaking, I want that smooth shot. I know there's wedding filmmakers that shoot handheld. Um, I've I've shot with somebody who um, hired me and he shot everything handheld and I was the only guy with the gimbal. I found that so weird, but it works for their style of, of like their end product. So yeah, it just, you got to figure out your style. So yeah, I don't see myself upgrading my gimbal. My gimbal is definitely old. It's probably like around four, three to four years old and uh, it still works. It, it turns on. Uh, I don't need another gimbal unless it breaks, then sure. I will upgrade to another gimbal quick water break. That's good stuff. So gear, I know I pretty much described thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of camera gear. Uh, and if you're starting off right now, use with, use with what you got, like use your phone if you need to use your phone. These freaking phones shoot really good 4K quality. Put it on cinematic mode. Some people will not be able to tell if it's shot in a mirrorless camera, like a Sony A7 or a cell phone because I've seen side-to-side um, -side profiles of like examples of, of which one's which. I could clearly tell because I just have an eye for the image. So I know which one's the cell phone, but 
your clients or your audience are not going to be able to tell. So use your phone if you need to use your phone. Cameras. There's a million cameras out there. There's a million YouTube videos of what's you, which, which is the best budgeted camera in 2022 or 2023 now. So there's a million videos of figuring out which camera works for you and your budget. And you also got to take yourself serious too. Ask yourself these questions. Do I see myself making money with this camera? Do I see myself taking this portrait photography? Um, I do I see myself doing it for the next four to five years. Do I see myself making video content for the next four to five years? Ask those serious questions because if you say no, then what the hell is the point of getting a $2,000 camera and another $500 to $1,000 lens? Why? I know people today that have invested, you know, I'm not going to even call it investment because it's kind of a waste of money, that have wasted money on the best, the latest and greatest gear and it's just sitting in a shelf and they don't even do their own shooting anymore. They went through a crazy phase of maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half or two years or even for a hobby. Like I'm not spending that much money as a hobby. So I don't be that person that buys the latest and greatest gear. You get influenced by people like Peter McKinnon or um, all these YouTube influencers that say, hey, buy this gear because it's a business to sell gear because they're getting a freaking affiliate link um, connect or freaking, they're getting paid off of it. Whatever they sell, they get a piece of that pie. So it's in their best interest to push that $4,000 camera, to push that $1,000 lens, to push that $600 backpack. Uh, so don't be an idiot. If you see yourself taking this serious, like I did, I saw myself doing this for the rest of my life. I saw myself making money off of this and I knew there is a reason why I needed this, these specific pieces of gear. Then yeah, invest in yourself. But if you're going to use it for six months or you just want to use it as a hobby, then don't be an idiot. Don't waste your money. Um, pay, I don't know, take your girl out for a freaking dinner or something like that. Cause these gears, not gears, not cheap, man. It's not cheap at all. Even $400 cannot is probably not cheap for a lot of people to me in my eyes, that $400 camera, that's very cheap. $2,500 is expensive. So it just depends on the levels that you're at. Uh, I quick example. So I was in the market of buying, I was searching for a 7,200 lens. I wanted a telephoto lens. I knew I had a sports shoot going on pretty soon. And I, I could either rent it or I could just buy one. I always knew I wanted to buy one for travel and stuff like that. And so I checked Facebook market and I checked um, offer up and I saw on Facebook market, this girl was selling her 7,200, an F4 version, not the, not the 2.8 G master. Um, and the retail for that uh, specific lens cost $1,600. That's a lot of money for a freaking lens. That's the most expensive lens I would have gotten if I got it brand new. So on OfferUp, she was selling it for $1,000. I'm like, bruh, that is, that's a hell of a deal. And so I look at the images. It looks freaking new. It looks clean. And I connect with her. And then we meet up in person. And I'm looking at the lens. I'm like, man, this is like brand new. Like, And I asked her, hey, why are you selling this lens? So like, what's up? Like, this is too good to be true. The price is way too good to be true. And she's like, I'm like, are you like a a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer or what what is it? It's like, no, I just do photography as a hobby. And I'm like, so you're telling me you bought yourself a $1,600 lens. You only use it twice. She had mentioned she's used it twice. And then you're selling it for $1,000 because it's a hobby. Yeah, you got me fucked up. Like, (laughs) 
I mean, it was good on my end because I got a $600 discount and I still use that lens quite often for like even interviews now. And it's, I love using that 7,200 lens. Um, but damn, like think about that as a hobby. She's a hobby photographer. She bought herself a $1,600 lens. She's told me she got a brand new. She only used it twice. Like, bro, like that's not a good money strategy. So I don't know. I mean, everyone's different. I know some people just love to blow money on things. I I can't relate when it comes to that. And uh, going back to Facebook market and use gear, guys, if you guys, ladies and gents, <laughs> uh, if you guys are in the market of buying cameras, bodies, lenses, audio equipment, lighting equipment, um, even freaking computers, if you wanted, don't be shy to use, uh, to search used gear. Um, I've bought plenty of lenses that are used from either Facebook market or offer up. I'm sure there's other sites out there that you could search on. I don't really know them. I just use Facebook and offer up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I bought this specific lens, uh, full retail was like a thousand dollars and I got it for about, I want to say like seven to $650. So that's a decent safe right there. So guys, don't be shy in regards to like use lenses. Like there, yes, yeah, there are certain things where you want, you want it to be brand new. Like my Phantom 3 Pro, I sold that drone because I wanted to get the first generation Mavic uh, Pro. Um, so the Phantom, I sold it on Facebook market. I remember that was like my first ever like Facebook market sell. And I was like super scared because I wasn't sure if I was going to get mugged or not. And I, I remember, vividly remember, uh, meeting up, our meeting location was in front of the police station. So I was like, yeah, if anything were to go down, then <laughs> good luck. So yeah, I sold my freaking drone. I think I got like, I think I sold it for about $800. I got it for a thousand dollars, got, um, 800 back. So that was a good, that was good, man. That was a good trade off for me. Um, and I only had it, for, I had it for like a year and a half at the time. So that's freaking worth it. And that money, I was able to use it to put it onto the original Mavic, uh, pro. So yeah, look for used stuff. Look for used lenses. Of course, you want to make sure the glass is clean, the lenses um, is not dirty and messed up, and uh, the sensors are fine and dandy. I personally am not a fan of buying used cameras, but if the price is right and everything looks good and you test it out and the, the image is pretty good, then screw it, man. It's a come up for you. So yeah, don't go to Amazon all the time. Don't go to Best Buy uh, B and H, whatever favorite camera stores you guys like to use. Um, first of all, check on, on Facebook and offer up and you might save yourself a few hundred dollars. So yeah. So I think that's that when it comes to camera gear, I think I'm going to cut it right here. I'm at 42 minutes right now. Um, again, hopefully you guys are enjoying this podcast. Uh, please give it a, a like on YouTube and subscribe to it as well. And if you are on Apple podcast, give it a five-star review and, uh, give it a five stars and a review. I would really appreciate that. If you could do that for me, please. And on Spotify, I don't think you can leave reviews or even give it a rating, but just hit the subscribe button. I really appreciate that. Cutting, I'm going to cut it short. Hopefully next week I'll have my first ever guest and, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Deuces.